it's a particular sound wave shape. Okay, well then, I guess, hello everyone, and welcome to Insert Credit Show number 124. Doesn't sound as nice as 123 did, but I guess it'll never sound that nice ever again. Well, until 1234. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a while, I guess. 321 will sound pretty good. Mm. Yeah, that'll be alright. Man, if we get there, what the heck? That'll be something. Well, we can um, start doing three a week. Yeah, get busy. Insert credit daily. Man. Uh, yeah, Man. It, it, as from what I've observed with uh, popular podcasters and streamers is, uh, yeah, you, you you don't just do it once a week. Yeah. You got to do it like every day. On Here we YouTube. are with, with today's hot minute on YouTube. I guess we'll never be popular. The Hot Button Podcast. Welcome back. Dang it. Well, what we're supposed to do is do this for like three years which is kind of close to having 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 happened i guess yeah um and then go on patreon and get six thousand dollars a month oh let's do that yeah okay yeah welcome back to the hot button show i'm your host cheddar cloud 7769 hmm. i don't know what that means you you did not yell that nearly enough hello uh. youtubers or oh, youtubers hello that's how yeah. they say it. They Video say it. games suck. dot com. <laughs> Having a real good time here on YouTube. Hey guys, they used to say, "Hey guys, it's me again," and now they're like, "Hey guys." So this I've... week, a video game company announced a product, and I'm really upset about it. It's weird been... how there's a very specific cadence now, and also certain hand movements that people do to remain engaging that seems to have become consistent across all youtubers yeah and also they all do the game pro exploding face uh for the uh the 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 title card or whatever the the preview oh yeah their face is just going yeah. what yeah they superimpose their ah, face in front of a screenshot every time every one of them that's because youtube is for children primarily uh the watching of those things and Children love loud sounds and big, bright actions, and I'm yeah. not even being a jerk. That's just a fact. And that's they like it, it loud, and they're weird about it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, welcome to the Insert Credit Show, where we have myself, Brandon Sheffield, and also Tim Rogers, who's not me, and Frank Sifaldi, who's not me either. Uh, that's, that's, that's true. It's very true. Yeah, it's true, and they're all here. So uh, I'm just going to start asking some questions and talking about some stuff. Um, yeah, let's do it. You, you, uh, I'm sure that, I, I know that Frank has seen and talked about this. I don't know if Tim's seen it, but there's there's that chameleon console. <laughs> the um, chameleon? Yeah, the chameleon console, for those of you who do not know, is a kickstarted, well, trying to be kickstarted initiative by... Uh, a guy who just likes old things and who managed to get Coleco branding from whatever 
kind of uh it's a holding a, company a holding company licensing house that owns the Coleco brand and has also managed to secure the Jaguar casing uh the Atari Jaguar casing to make his his console with it's currently on Kickstarter um no it's not oh it's not no oh did that finish already uh, it's never been on Kickstarter. Oh, I keep hearing about them talking about the Kickstarter thing, and they're gonna ramp up something for it. Maybe that's not happening. It Coleco, didn't it have a failed Camille. Kickstarter at one point. I had a failed Indiegogo. Ah, uh, Indiegogo. All right. Well, I'm gonna wait for your question, and I'll fill in the history as needed. Actually, why don't you just do the history <laughs> real quick first, and then because my question is 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 different. Uh, okay, sure. So, um, there's this guy Mike Kennedy, um, who uh, is trying to fund a new video game console that, depending on which day you talk to him, is either uh, for playing new retro-style video games, uh, for playing old games released again, specifically, or both. But the, the, the only thing tying together his yeah. various visions of what this console is um, is that it, everything comes on cartridges. Uh, and this, um, I, I don't entirely understand his philosophy behind it, but I, I, I have, uh, my suspicions of, of what is, what his character sort of is and, and why he thinks this is important. But anyway, uh, that's the sell. Uh, we will make a new console that's like the old days and your childhood will come back again. This time it will work. I swear to God. Yeah. So is, is, is the pitch. That's, that's the pitch. And so then he has been uh, showing a uh, quote-unquote prototype around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll go back and a little so, bit. We'll, we'll go no, back that's... a little bit. Okay. So, so, so before, all this, before all that, so um, he launched an Indiegogo campaign last year to fund what he was then calling the retro video game system. Uh, this is the same guy who started Retro Magazine, if either of you have heard of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've that, heard of that. Yeah, that was that kick-started magazine um, where he got people like Jeremy Parrish and Chris Kohler and stuff uh, to write columns. Um, so this is meant to be like a tie-in console. So he went on Indiegogo with that. Uh, and obviously they didn't have a system at all. They just kind of had an idea. And uh, there's a lot of backlash because of that. You know, there's no functioning prototype. Um, people who they'd spoken with about the hardware sort of came forward and said, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. So this Indiegogo campaign failed. Um, they shut it down. They uh, said, we'll be back. Uh, we're going to do it right next time. We're, we'll have a real prototype. We listen to you guys. So December comes around, and they announced that the retro video game system is back, but this time it's called the Coleco Chameleon. They've uh, managed to secure the, the Coleco branding, like Brandon said, branding Brandon, uh, from the holding company that had it. And they were kind of working in partnership with whatever Coleco is now. And the Coleco Chameleon was set to debut at the New York Toy Fair, um, which has been a video game irrelevant conference since about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, by the way. Um, nice. Good and, game. Uh, they promised that they'd have a real working thing at Toy Fair. So Toy Fair comes, and uh, do you want me to keep going, Brandon, or did you want to fill this part in? Uh, I might get a couple things wrong, but I'll just keep I'll, – I'll, I'll roll with it for a little bit. Okay. Uh, so that, that, that comic fair happened, and then people noticed that the, the, uh, the inputs 
looked very suspiciously familiar, rather like a Super Nintendo. They and were, in fact, stock Super Nintendo controllers hardwired into the system. Yes. Uh, and that the, you know, the, the connector in the back was a Super Nintendo one. Yep. And so they... So he's and, got an Atari Jaguar shell with Super Nintendo controllers coming out the front and Super Nintendo connectors coming out the back. And only Super Nintendo games were playable at the time. Correct. Uh, surprise. Uh, so that happened, and then they got, they were like, nah, it's real, and we're gonna show you that it's not that, and so they put And then some... there was, there was photo evidence, people doing comparisons, uh, it was a Super NES Mini circuit board hmm. that was crammed into this shell, uh, with some duct tape in the back to cover up the holes. Nice. Good. And that was the prototype showing at Toy Fair. Yeah, so then, um, they were like, no, it totally wasn't that. We, we, did a different thing entirely and uh this is what it is and they showed some pictures on facebook of a clear jaguar console shell this time but inside was some old pci card yeah it was Um, something that he probably ripped off ripped out of a dvr he had like an old one yeah so that's where we are today (laughs) but that's not my question my question is if we if we were going to make if we were going to fool people into thinking that we had made a video game console <laughs> what would we do and keep in mind we don't know very much we right. don't want to work too hard but we do want to com- convince people that we're doing a real thing so what do what 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 do we I've do got, i've got an idea i've all got right. a really good idea okay. okay first of all it's first i mean it's easy to make something that's android based so you yes. make an android based console and then you Package it with a controller that requires four AA batteries, and you say that it has an open app store that anyone can submit games to, and you sell the whole thing for $99. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) They're going to fall for that. (laughs) They might. That's pretty pretty nice. And uh, uh, you, you rally you, it... you rally the indies together. Finally, yeah, the finally they can make the indies are finally free. They can finally make real games. And then you put it. You they can play real games that are on a TV. Yeah, and they can an indie person can make a real game that they can play on a TV. You put it on Kickstarter. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know yeah. that sounds. And then you give you give it like a four letter name, like a name that's really short but that nobody agrees on the pronunciation of so that there's a conversation that it's like built in on purpose to make sure the name is a little weird. So people talk about how to pronounce it. This, this sounds like a really good place for this game. I've been thinking of called parapet descend parapet descend. Yeah. Whoa. Is it like two cats with a parachute? No, no, no. It's, it's like a, it's like, it's like you're falling from a tower, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a parapet in your descent. And that's pronounced parapet. Oh, parapet? Ah. Yeah. Parapet the rabbit? Parapet the rabbit. So, uh... Yeah, that's sort of like a couch multiplayer 2D shoot yeah. each other. Yeah, it's something like of. that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, um... But we want to make a fake console here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess that's fair enough. I don't know. Should we just call that done? No, I mean, we can... We, okay, so, let's, all right. Let's um, make another one. Let, let's alter the rules here. Okay. okay let, let's let's do what Mike Kennedy was doing. Let's let's make a fake cartridge-based console yeah. for playing old-style games. Yeah. Uh, so what would I do? I would um, 
I'd have a Pi running emulators. Okay. Um, I'd have a cartridge slot. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe I'd just take a Retron 5. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'd do. I'd have a Retron 5, um, which, if you guys don't know, is a console with, like, five different slots. Yeah. Uh, and I would... God. I Okay. I would I would alter their software so the menu looks a little different. And then uh what would I do? I put in Wait, you know it's going to get too complicated cuz it's getting into the territory where I, I forget that we don't know how to do stuff. Yeah. So, um I was th- like one thing that you could do if you wanted to be real sneaky, it would cost you a little bit of money, but you could go to uh go to Taiwan and get a super A cam. Uh, ah, sure. Because that's pretty much Super Nintendo level hardware, but it's different, and people haven't seen it. The hardware is easy to get. The software is not. Yeah. So uh, there aren't exactly software tools out there, but um, so you might have to, you'd probably have to make a multi-cart. That would that would require knowing how to do stuff. No, wait. I got a better solution. If you if you want to put something out there that people won't recognize. Just get a Turbo Graphics. Owned. <laughs> Owned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, get a PC engine. Get an original Japanese PC engine, like the the tiny one. Yeah. So that looks kind of modern now. It does. So you get that. Uh, you spray paint it gold. You put yeah. a flash card or something in there. I mm. got one already. I got one right here. Yeah. So put that in there. So there's like a menu. And we just say it's connected to the internet, and it's yeah. downloading games. Could do that. Um, PCFX would also be a good candidate. It looks like a little mini tower. Oh, yeah. Um, and and it's got all these little extra things for ports, and you could just put bare... You could just shove bare circuit boards in there, because people never use those, uh, those, those extension things. I use it to, uh, to store the, the cable. <laughs> all those extra there's so many extra ports in there that never got used um but yeah i think that's a good plan all right cool um speaking of consoles actually they... I, have, I have an actual good idea i don't know how feasible all right uh raspberry pi with emulators and a cd drive mm-hmm. and uh emulators that played cd based games so it's it's a box that can do neo geo cd playstation one saturn uh, what else? Sega CD. PC Engine, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think that'd actually be kind of cool. Yeah, I'd play with that. First of all, so my two questions there are, why a Raspberry Pi? Why, like, does anybody actually eat Raspberry Pi? Like, shouldn't it be a cherry pie or something normal? Yeah. That's a joke. Uh, That's the British for you. I don't get it. Yeah. Always got to be different. That's my good joke. It's my quality joke. Uh, and then the other one is, what if it was just a Neo Geo with the giant Neo Geo cartridges? How cool would that be? It would I'd be like pretty that. cool. Yeah, we got and the each, molds for a Neo Geo. What if each Neo Geo cartridge get your uh, yeah get your head around this? All right. What if each of the, these giant Neo Geo cartridges was a Raspberry Pi with a computer inside it, and the entire system needed to play the game, but <laughs> the software. And, and and the flash drive was inside of this big old console, and you would just plug that in there. It would be funny if the console was actually just like a huge giant conduit to get a signal to your TV. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, the real way to get high roller dollars out of also, it. Also, those those Neo Geo cartridges with a complete computer in them with hardware yes. and software would be cheaper than any actual Neo Geo cartridge. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, these much little true. little $9 computers in there, and they each run an emulator that runs one game. You know, we actually joked about... Uh, Mike, Mike, Micah, and I about doing that to a ColecoVision mm-hmm. because the ColecoVision you can actually take over the video signal that it outputs. Mm. So in theory, we, the, specifically what we talked about was getting a ColecoVision cartridge, opening it up, putting a Raspberry Pi in there, you know, closing it up, et cetera, et cetera, making it launch, <laughs> and, and making a Resident Evil One cartridge for the ColecoVision. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> so you just put it in and it starts up the PlayStation game for some reason. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That's what That's you the do. sort of thing I want. Yeah. I More like of that. that. Um, so uh, Nintendo did their Nintendo Tourette Direct thing today. <laughs> did, you, did you almost say Nintendo Tourette's? Uh, I said Tourette, but um, okay. Tourette's Nintendo. would be a good one. More like Nintendo Correct is what I would say if they announced some cool stuff. Yeah, so the uh, NX, or whatever they're going to call it, didn't get announced. Um, <laughs> nope. And this... Uh, yeah, it was, not, it was not expected to be announced today. It was not expected to be announced today, but um, just uh, the fact that it didn't got me thinking about it. And uh, it made me wonder, what what would you actually want in a new console? Like, what could make you think, hmm, I will buy that. It's a new console. Uh, because, you know, I think we've had these discussions many times where it's it's kind of like, what's the point of a new one when you got you got a PC already and yeah. uh, and all that stuff. So what is is there anything that could make you want to buy a new a new game console? I you know I wanted to buy the Wii because that's a stupid controller. I thought it yeah. was a neat new idea. Um, and so this is sort of a cop-out answer, but a neat new idea might make me buy a console. Yeah, VR isn't that neat new idea? Nah, it's not neat or new. Yeah. VR rules, though. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, uh, it, maybe it doesn't rule yet, but... Uh, Brandon, do you remember when we were at Tokyo Game Show? Yes. Uh, probably the answer is yes. <laughs> Uh, we were at Tokyo Game Show 2004, I believe it was, and the, that's me trying to sound personable. It was 2004. Uh, <laughs> there was <laughs> there was a uh, uh, a booth for uh, for Gree. Do you remember that? Yeah. They had this giant booth. Yeah. And NTT Docomos all over it. Yeah, it was a little remember, depressing. Remember how we made fun of those people? I do. And then mobile <laughs> mobile games was like first of all. I couldn't believe – I personally was like, man, playing a game on a phone? Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the iPhone basically changed all of that, and uh, then there's Android, and, uh, you know, and it's like – so I, I feel like I, uh, I was like on the razor's edge of feeling like VR sucked like a year ago. I was like, man, come on. And then now I've just been looking – you know, I, I'm going to lay down this prediction two years from right now, two years from today, write the date down, March 3rd, 2016, March 3rd, 2018. It will be impossible to walk into an olive garden <laughs> in the Midwest 
without seeing at least one, I'm not going to say at least two, at least one 12-year-old little Johnny or little Billy with a god darn thing on his face. Like, <laughs> so you think, be... you think portable VR is going to be affordable and Samsung mainstream. Gear VR, baby. It's already yeah. there. It's like already there. I've even tried it, and I was like, yeah, okay, when I tried it. I'm like, all right, that works. Uh, that's an actual real thing. So it's only going to get better. It, two years, yeah. And then the much higher end, there's going to be a phone four years from now that you don't even have to put into a thing. It's only to put on your face is the kind of world we're going to be living in. You're talking about the face phone? The face phone. Yeah. Nobody looks at anybody anymore, man. I I, I mean, the kids don't anyway. There's a, you know, you have to, I have to go to these things and, you know, talk to people who are, who are up and comers in the tech industry or whatever. Nobody looks anybody in the eye anymore. Uh, it's it's weird and they don't care it's it's just culturally okay i mean everybody's gonna turn into some rain man uh with some vr thing on their face looking at their facebook press a button to turn on the front facing cameras so you can then uh uh, see if there's a dog about to bite you or whatever like you're gonna have microphones on the thing so that you can allow sounds to cut into your headphones so that's me saying vr uh, what do I want in a new game console? Well, quite simply, I want a VR that I don't have to, I don't have to look like I'm in God darn ghost in the shell when I use it, you know, that I'm not plugging a million billion God darn things into my, uh, computer. I mean, if you, you've seen an Oculus running on a computer, right? Yeah. There's like a, there's like a million God darn wires. There's like yeah. a jungle of wires. Like I want one that just pops onto my face and I, uh, lock the door, take my, pants off take my underwears off mm. take my shirt off take the shirt off first yeah you know well if, if it's like a zip <laughs> that's up what I only with nothing underneath you know yeah there's gonna be a lot of zippers a lot of jumpsuits in the future a lot of <laughs> hospital beds invest in hospital beds now is what i would say uh you know what i mean you know you're gonna want to have this bed wink uh uh, you know, there's like, I want to get like a soda fountain in my house, you know, like a gas station fountain for soda. First of all, me and Kerwin were working it out the other day, quite cost effective to get one of those in your house. You would spend astro, it would pay for itself, you know, with the given rate of a can of soda in just weeks, first of all. Uh, but then again, you'd, you'd have to be drinking about 16 times as much soda and you'd want to be. This console uh, has a lot of moving parts so far. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying. VR is going to change not just the living room, but the whole house. People are going to have like a soda fountain with like a six foot snaking tube with a little lever, you know, a little push lever on the bottom to just like inject Coke into their mouth, uh, like fresh carbonated ice cold Coke. And it's going to be better than having a can of Mountain Dew sitting on the on the table for five minutes or, or a half an hour while you pound down some serious Halo. Uh it's. I mean, you're just going to be jetting the ice-cold Coke into your mouth straight from the holy source, and you're not even going to know that there's a world, man. And uh, that's what would get me excited about a console. That's not what I want at all. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I hate having that. said that, uh, I do want – I do I, – I like my Wii U, man. Uh, it's got games on it that I like to play. Yeah. 
And I know that's like the, the cliched thing to say in a Eureka voice on the internet is, you know what? It actually turns out the Wii U is really cool. And it's like, yeah, it is, man. Uh, and it's like, even with that dumb, stupid, you know, you got to touch this controller. It feels like a public library iPad. Even with that, it's cool. I don't know what they're going to do with their NX. It is purported that it is a portable console that docks when you get to your house. And it then it like docks with a, it becomes a controller for a PlayStation 4-ish system. And that all the games have mobile and home versions. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yes, you're like, and, and that's actually uh, what my answer was going to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's about the same for me. Like I Boom. I I like I like playing handheld games. I'd say I play them about as much as I play console or phone games. And uh, and the threads is on the way out. And the Vita got given up on real quick. Man, the Vita's cool, man. I know. I it's was cool. just messing with mine the other day. I was I like, like, this it. thing's cool. I wish Nintendo would make one because then people would make games for it because yeah. they're they're the people who it's just written down. These are the guys that make portables. Uh, so what I've heard, like just the rumblings on the internet, and this is a little bit of a internet gossip, this uh, NX controller is going to be like an oval, right? It's going to be like a PlayStation Vita-sized thing. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah, and that's that's more than rumblings. There's a patent. Yeah, there's the patent, uh, but I mean, you know, a lot of stuff gets patented. Sure. Apple patented the iPad in like 2002, so it's like stuff like that. Uh, I mean, but I, I think that that patent, though, yeah, that's the right thing to be rumbling about, as yeah. far as I think. Uh, they're saying touchscreen buttons, like to play, like the uh, developers can remap, but like the the face of the controller. I think that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I want real buttons. But the patent shows it as being this weird uh, eye shape, right? You, you've seen the yeah. illustration, right? I have. I, I think why not make it like a Vita shape because then it's also a Wiimote. You can kind of hold it like that. And then if if the games are – if there's home console versions of the games that then there's like these down-resed, lower resolution, uh, lower level of detail uh, versions – we're playing on the go. That could be like the smartest thing anyone's well, done. We in know, years. we know for sure. The the only, I think the only thing we know for sure is uh, something Iwata talked about uh, before mm-hmm. he passed. God bless is, him. Yeah, which was uh, creating one development environment that's cross-platform. Yeah. Um, so if it turns out, and and here's what I would like. You're, you're talking about a separate down-resed version versus, like, a TV version. What yeah. I'd rather have is, you know, the same, like, 3DS or whatever. But when I get home, I plug it into my console, which is just a dumb box that has, like, a CPU and GPU in it, maybe. Yeah. And and it it's executing that same code, but taking advantage of the extra power that's in the yeah. box. Yeah. You know? like, yeah, I that suppose. That would be cool. I suppose maybe that's what I meant, but I just didn't know. I didn't have the words for like it. Like the, uh, like the, the, um, the Nvidia hardware accelerator for Saturn games. If you if you've ever seen that, it, it when when Sega made all those PC games in like 1995. Oh right, yeah. And then there was this hardware accelerator. I actually just 
looked up what what those actually look like and the comparison is pretty stark it's really it winds up looking like um you know uh the arcade games of that day mhm uh and and it looks it just looks really sharp and really nice and really smooth 60 fps and uh you know just looking looking pretty pretty well, neat and, and and what's great about this way of doing it if if they did that is that uh those same games are quote unquote 4K ready mhm cuz you got this dumb box that uh theoretically you know can just scale the games up cuz you're running that native code it can scale everything appropriately but i don't know maybe there's like texture packs you know that are that are updates to the game you're already running or something man make them look so better. have you guys seen the razor blade which is a really hilarious name the razor the game company is that they the have... laptop with the uh graphics Off- card with the external? offboard graphics yeah, yeah 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 so it's got onboard graphics but it's also got offboard graphics yeah for a uh, better graphics you want more graphics plug them in buddy like that uh that appeals to me also that's a really nice machine it's got a mechanical keyboard uh, and a 4K screen, and I think, it's I th- really small. And this small. makes sense from a business perspective, too, because they can not only keep selling you the same game, they can keep selling you the same code. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it and it's just continues being a viable product on new platforms. Yeah, and like if you look at the sort of stuff Nintendo puts out on their Wii U shops and such, they put out a lot of little tiny weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... Just constantly they're putting out these little tiny weird games. And this, uh, you can play it on your TV or you can play it on your 3DS. Uh, why not just have one system that lets me, if I want to go play my Zelda and I want to go through a dungeon and harvest some resources, I can do that. But if I want to just hang out with it uh, at home and ex- have a cinematic experience, I can do that. Or if I want to play a dumb little Nintendo-style mobile game, I can do that outside of my house. You know, just mm-hmm. little things like that. It's like, it just seems right. I don't know. Yeah. I think it could be cool. Well, and let's... that is uh, very close to what I predicted the NX would be uh, about a year ago on this show, as uh, listeners more obsessive even than me might be able to point out which episode. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's coming. It's coming true. I'm ready. Um, Okay, I have another stupid question, and that question is uh, it has some some prefacing, which is: uh, Are you aware of this game called Spin Tires? No. Yeah. Spin Tires is a game about uh, stupid tri- trucks, big big old trucks in the mud, um, and it's got physics in it, and it looks fun, and it's weird, and it it's a very very specific thing, but like those farm simulators. It just, it's got like 450,000 people who bought that thing. Um, yeah. But the uh, the thing that has come to light recently is there are rumors, I don't know if this is fact, but there are rumors that um, because the Spin Tires developer was upset with the publisher owing them money, they uh, they executed some sabotage code to make Rules. The, the game not work anymore uh, for a lot of people. And the game is currently off of Steam while they resolve these issues. Mm. So my question is, how would you sabotage your game if a publisher uh, 
gave you money or something else happened. I mean, didn't give you enough money or something <laughs> else happened. What would you put in there to sabotage it? Um, it, you know, it's, it's, of course, this might depend on what game you're making. So I don't know if we should first agree what, what our game is. Well, it, it also depends on what kind of company you are, because, uh, as we all, well, maybe I know better, better than you guys, but, but as we all know in some way, uh, the, the, the turds roll downhill. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to burn no bridges, I guess. But, um, the, uh, well, the point is that, 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 players immediately blame the developer yeah, when yeah. something works as opposed to the person the company that sold them the product. Yeah. Uh so sabotaging a game right away is pretty dangerous unless you're basically just a work for hire developer. Oh, of course, and I'm I'm not saying this is a good idea. Right. <laughs> There's none of that going on here. Also, the Spin Tires developer, I believe is one person. Okay. It's one guy. Yeah. So, um I'm I'm pretty much talking about for lols. What would you do? Like, would you replace all the uh, all the people in your FPS with Care Bears or or what? Uh, here's a here's a really specific example. Is a uh, so in video ball we have the ability to put uh, designs on the ball, right? Like there are uh, several different ball designs that you can choose from that are your balls in the game and uh, you can choose random and then that will make every ball on the field will be a different pattern, but there's only seven different ball designs. So what I would do would be introduce in a DLC. Like if my publisher was like, you need to do a DLC at some point, I would introduce a true random ball decal generator that creates uh unique decals for every ball that is on the field. Right. So mm-hmm. that uh, they're always different. And so – but they're usually very simple things like a, a single circle on the outer edge of the ball so that you can see the spin very perfectly or what have you. But uh, I would make it so that like one in 16 of them were swastikas. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It has to, One in 16 seems like the right number. Mm-hmm. And it would just be one in 16 is a definite swastika. Where my head immediately went was to – um, I, one of you was going to know the specifics of that, this. I can't remember. I only remember in vague deals, details. There was some Sims, uh, not this is pre-Sims, some Sim franchise game uh, that took place in a city or something that uh, one of the developers snuck in a little Easter egg that uh, I think made muscle-bound guys kiss each other. Oh, so hot. I actually don't know about this. Oh, okay. Uh I'm I'm really messing up history here, but but there's an Easter egg hidden in one of those games where uh, some 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 gay dude stuff happens, and I I believe GDS. I believe that the developer was himself a gay dude who was uh, kind of upset that that didn't actually happen in the game, mm-hmm. um, and I believe they got fired because of it. And I think there's a there's a whole compelling story there somewhere. But anyway, where my mind immediately went is that I'd have every guy. Every, every, all the guys in whatever this first-person shooter game is just start kissing each other. <laughs> um, and, like, it's like a first-person shooter where, where there's guys everywhere shooting you, but next time you load the game, you can't shoot anyone, and they're all kissing each other. <laughs> just walking through a make-out You just walk field. through, yeah. You just oh, walk yeah, through an environment where people are kissing each it's, other. It's like that song by, um, I don't know, Pat Benatar or somebody, Love is a, ba- Love is a Battlefield. Yeah. 
Um, so the, my, Wait, which my... one is it? Battlefield Hardline? Boom. <laughs> yes. Um, so my thought went, I was thinking, you know, I wouldn't want to, the spin tires thing has made it so that players can't really play the game and that, that's not great. Or right. they're having a worse experience. I wouldn't want to do that. So I think the, probably the thing that I would like to do is, uh, you know, I'm, most likely I'm going to be mad at the biz dev and production people at my, at my publisher is my mm. guess. That's probably who will be mad at. Um, so I will just have a series of, uh, billboards saying rude but hilarious things about them. Uh, like a, a picture of them eating a banana and being like, <laughs> dude really loves bananas. Look at this. Well, know. now now you're getting into uh, you know could possibly be sued territory. Yeah, but you know I I don't care. I'm a I'm a single single developer guy. I made enough money off of uh, off of my first person shooter already to be set I for see. a couple of years. I'm gonna self publish next time. Um, but I'm mad that they didn't give me all my due. So now I'm gonna talk about how uh, they like to bathe in oatmeal. <laughs> that's that's my plan. Um, okay. See, I, see, where I was going was, uh, you know, get get them to get a lot of angry parent phone calls. Mm, yeah. Or angry, you know, idiot phone calls angry by doing something that isn't actually bad that a lot of people don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another thing I could do, actually, uh, this would this would be a nice one if I really wanted to get the publisher in trouble, is um, just change change the uh, the logo. To Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> <laughs> and then they can just go and get sued. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good one. Like yeah. you, you, you had that as a placeholder in the game, and you accidentally shipped with it. Yeah, and yeah. The, and uh, some some rogue code executed that only displays that logo now. Yep. Yeah, Rogo Kodo. Rogo Kodo. I think that's the one there. Um. Okay, I want to talk about modes in video games because I feel like modes. Modes. There haven't been as many modes in recent years as the, you I, know what I, my favorite mode is. What's that? Ala. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a nice ice nice. creamy mode. Yeah. Um, so I I was thinking about this because um, Ian Ferguson, who some of us know, um, I don't know he, that. Who's he's that? he's a guy. He was, don't worry about it, yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. He looks like a Muppet, we've established. <laughs> uh, not a friendly one, though. A good yes, one. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, that could, that could go either way, but I would say... He's, you know, kind of a fraggle. Yeah, I think a fraggle is... is a, it's. I'd look like a fraggle. Yeah. Um, so, Why not? Yeah, I mean, what else are you doing? Um, so he was talking to me about how he was going to this thing, and he was trying to figure out all the games that had caravan modes in them. And uh, if you're unaware, on the PC Engine, mostly Hudson games There were several, and some Naxat games, there were games that had a caravan mode, which was like a timed, uh, a timed s- slice of gameplay where you tried to get as many points as possible within that time limit. And these were created for when when Hudson had these big caravan shows and they would drive a van around and all the kids would come play this thing, but it had a, had a time limit. Um, and then they just wound up putting these modes into games and, uh, it's pretty cool. Cause there are like 10 
games that have this very specific mode on the PC Engine. And then I started thinking about like boss battle or boss rushes, mm-hmm. which Castlevania has. Um, Mega Man sort of has. Mega Man even made a um, a thing that was just that on the Neo Geo Pocket. Um, I also made a thing that was just that for right. Mega Man. Yeah. So, um, modes. What modes do you guys like? Because you know nowadays you got things like zombie mode in COD Blops Blop Harder, but that's that's not exactly. I don't know. It doesn't feel as modey to me. It's not like ta- here's here's a little bit of the stuff that we have you do in this game. Now just focus on this. Yeah, yeah. Um so the 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 challenge stuff that I did in in Mega Man was very directly and I'm and I'm you know very transparent about this inspired by the uh PS3 release of Monster World 4 uh which had and I don't know what what they called the mode but it had these three speed run things that were just chunks of a level and it and it was like you've already beaten the game now kind of do these mini very mini speed runs which is just like a chunk of a level or maybe a whole level and uh it drop you in you'd start and it would stop when you killed the boss in the in the in the level and uh you get a you get a you know time attack score on it and and be able to look at the leaderboard and uh, I think that mode's really cool, and I'd, I'd like to see that in more games of that style. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really neat. I also like in in puzzle games, some puzzle games where they, you know, they have a they have a versus mode, they have a single player versus AI mode. Those are normal standards, but then they'll have like a. It's always difficult to. Everyone has a hard time calling it something because it really it's the puzzle mode where. Mm-hmm. You have a, but it's a puzzle game, so. Um, but you've got this specific scenario, and you've got a certain number of blocks that are gonna fall, and you've gotta figure out how to clear everything, or how to get a, you know, a six combo, or something like that. Um, it's taking the, taking the mechanics of the game, and, uh, making you apply it in a slightly different way, because now you're, you're not just trying to do stuff as fast as possible, you have a very specific objective to complete i like that kind of stuff i uh you know what i like is the unnecessary rpg mode oh yeah so this would be engine loves that too yes yes like whatever that tennis game is um yeah the namco world tennis world court tennis i think i don't know yeah and then there was final lap twin yeah the same thing um there was uh, an NES game that, that actually didn't ship. The version of Hit the Ice, the Taito uh, oh, yeah. hockey game, had the same thing, where it just made... There's just a very light JRPG-like experience where you walk around towns and talk to people, which is a really simple thing to do in video game terms. And then you'd get, you know, on the overworld, you'd get into random battles that then went back to the main game. Yeah. Uh, and and I like that as just a really stupid sort of cheap way to uh, add a lot of silly content to a game. Yeah, I really love that stuff where where it's <clears throat> and and some companies have taken that and just built things around it. Like there's a there's a Puyo 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 game that is it is a, a you know a top down walk around town talk to people RPG first and foremost. 
but then when you get into battles, it's like now you're playing Puyo Puyo to determine right. your fate. And or, that's, uh, that's great. Or uh, Choro Q. Um, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a racing game with some really unnecessary, you know, driving around town talking to other cars stuff in it. And yeah. That's, this makes it way more memorable. Yeah, I like that kind of biz. That's that's definitely something that people should do more of. Tim, you got any that you want to about about modes? Yeah, about modes. Uh, I like modes. We've got a bunch of modes for Video Ball that are uh just I uh, all in the style of these old you know just Super Nintendo games and such, where Atari games where you press a button and it's like a different game. Uh, but uh. I really like my video ball mode ideas, but I, we've been doing this prototype of something else. That's sort of a, sort of a MOBA like game that has lots of different level design elements that you can mess around with. And when you mess around with them in the middle of the level, it kind of changes the strategy. And we had, it had this weird effect of, uh, if I have two levels that are a little bit different, they, uh, they just feel like different modes. That's not really a mode, though. It doesn't. It's sound not. To no, me. it's not. But it's like when you get online, uh, you get on the like you get in the game. You've got however many players, and you play a level like a normal level. There is no normal level. I wish I could say more about this game, but it would take forever. But there, there is not really quite a normal level. But you pick a level, and it's like a level is a mode. You know what I mean? Because some of the levels don't have any of the computer terminals you can hack that cause AI bots to come out of the uh, uh, the the robot doors. But if everything's uh, a mode, then then that's just what the game is. It's not like the game is this way, and then here's a here's a here's a little slice of it. If everything's a slice, then then that's well, that's uh, the game holistically. I know it's that's pedantic, a good but, question. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, well, what if what if the characters are the game? You know what I mean? The yeah. characters are the game. And there's the win conditions. There's three ways to win. But some of the levels might not have all three of those ways to win, is what I'm saying. They might only have one of the ways to win. Yeah. So I'm not convinced it, that's a mode. Well, I'm saying it's it's uh <laughs> it's my favorite type of different mode oh, okay. in a game is when the game is just so good that, like, level design just changes the mode. I could explain more if I explain the full rules of this game. And well, I know what, what you kind mean. Of game I mean, we, we talk about that kind of stuff with things like Gunstar Heroes, even. Yeah, uh, except this is even more in the extreme. Uh, it's it's tight. It's really really tight. Oh, it's tighter than uh, than than Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, design-wise, it's tight. Gunstar Heroes is just shoot some dudes. Uh, there's not really a bunch of little tiny mechanical working parts in the concept of that game. Well, I guess I'm going to uh, be weighing some extra scrutiny upon your game now that you say it's better than Gunstar Heroes. <laughs> I didn't. I, I did not <laughs> didn't say, say it was that. better. That I know is, you didn't. Is, I'm, I'm, uh, that is exactly not what I said. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm doing a, a Trump-style disruption. It says it, I said it has a lot more mechanical working parts, kind of uh, uh, to the point where it's just extremely insane to even think about making a new level in it. Every new level is like, it's just breaking my soul to make another level. 
And then you play it and it's like, oh, but it's cool. It's totally different. But because our game is about people who move left and right, jump and shoot, uh, it's okay that it's uh, a different type of game. What I'm saying is there's a lot of different types of games you can make with uh, moving left and right, jumping and shooting, right? You can make a lot of different games. So by changing the types of stuff you're shooting at, you can change what you can make it feel like it's a different game, a different game with the exact same controls and the exact same visual language. Yeah. I love it. That's what all the good, uh, the better 16 bit games tried to do or not all of them, but many of them. A lot of good ones tried to do that. Yeah. I've got another additional mode, uh, that I like that I'd like to see more of, uh, the hidden debug mode. Hmm. So, like in Sonic 2, you can put in the debug code, and you can just mess around with the levels. You can fly through and see the whole thing. You break stuff really badly. Yeah. And uh, that is a cool way to continue playing with your toy after you've played with it all the way. Definitely. And I'd like to see that in, like, you know, you, you've probably seen uh, Resident Evil 4's debug mode stuff. Yeah. Like the hidden debug modes where you can, you know, free fly around and, and go outside of bounds and stuff, and, and it's neat. And yeah, just I see would, what else is there. Yeah, and and I don't see the harm in uh, making that official. Yeah, I agree. I like that stuff. Um, I uh, This is not a question, but you know this company called Zoom? They made a game called Phalanx or Phalanx or... Phalanxy. Um, nobody calls it that. Yeah, I know that game. Yeah, Phalanx came out for the Super Nintendo. I think we rated it highly for box art once on this show because of Real that good box art. man with yeah. a banjo on the front. Weird old guy with a banjo. Yeah. yeah. So um, they pretty much only made Phalanx the one time, I thought. It came out on GBA and Amiga, but they made Phalanx and then that was sort of it. But um, I recently discovered that there are at least two more bits of Phalanx out there. Um, On the PlayStation 1 version of the 3D fighting game Zero Divide, you can unlock a full uh, three-level with sound and graphics and 2D stuff um, Phalanx. It's like fully the game, but it's new and different from the Super Nintendo game. Um... Then on the Saturn version, you can unlock this, uh, unlocks, uh, another version of Phalanx. I think they're both called Phalanx Mini. This one doesn't have any sound, and it's really tiny graphics, almost, um, ASCII style enemies and bullet pat- patterns and things. Bullets, um, it's real weird. They just kept pushing this game into there. And there, there's this rumor, which I have not been able to substantiate, um, that in Philosoma, I cannot imagine why it would be in here, but that there's a f- hidden phalanx mode in some of the earliest copies of Philosoma, uh, which does not make sense because it was not made by Zoom. But that's cool, and I just found that out today, so I thought I would share that. I like I like those like really tiny, weird, hidden game modes that people put into things. Like re- only in the last, uh, I think 
three or four years, it was discovered by English-speaking people that in the, um, I think the PC Engine, yeah, the PC Engine version of Tokimeki Memorial, if you do things in a certain way, um, meet certain ladies, then you get to go to an arcade center. And if you do certain things there, then you'll unlock a an original Konami shooting game in Tokimeki Memorial uh, that's then playable from the main menu. That's weird stuff. Yeah, that's I like, cool. I like that kind of biz. Um, so anyway, I'm just I'm sharing that. And then my final question will be... Um, it's about best video game remixes. Just um, like... Remixes! Yeah, so often I will be playing a game and it's not very good. It's... NVG. It's, it's like 40% of the way there, but it looks nice and it sounds nice. It just, you know, it's it's floppy and it's way too loose. And I think to myself, you can make a really good video game out of this if you just mm-hmm. took the same stuff and rearranged it. Uh, but some companies actually do that. Like Valus 4, there is a version for the PC Engine CD, and then there's a version for the Super Nintendo, which reuses a lot of the same stuff, but changes the game. It changes the magic system, and it added this thing, which is pretty cool, where uh, the longer it takes you to get to the boss, the more health they have. So um, the faster you do it, the quicker you can defeat them, because there's a life bar of theirs that is just steadily going up the longer you're in the level. Um that's a cool remix, and there's a, there's a game by Namco called Yokai Dochuki, which came out for arcade, and then for NES, and then for PC Engine. And each one of them is just a slightly different take of the same, here's a kid going on a journey through hell, and, uh, and, and meeting characters along the way, and jumping on things. So, uh, do you, you have any, any games like that in your, in your brains that, have actual, have actually remixed themselves. Uh, I mean, the the easy answer is that Pac-Man's done it a million times. Oh yeah, um, which is you know, which is really cool given the simplicity of Pac-Man as a game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, and so the the remixes actually tend to you know be different enough that that they're worth your time. Yeah, and Taito was doing that kind of stuff for a while with. Space Invaders, and uh, they did another one, Arkanoid. Mm. Um, yeah, those were pretty pretty good remixes. They were way after the fact, but um, yeah. I mean, this this is unrelated to a specific game being remixed, but um, when you're talking about how they you know put Valus Four on another console and used all the same graphics and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just got me thinking about how if I. I feel like if I worked at any of these companies that own tons of games, you know, outright, like they have the rights to all of them. Yeah. Uh, I sure as heck would be uh, putting all the sprites in some kind of repository and uh, yeah. allowing people to, you know, internally at least, uh, to just make stuff with all this content that we already own. Yeah. That that no one's doing anything with. Yeah, you know, that. so that's that's kind of... I keep talking about how I would love to own all the things from from X or Y video game company, and one of them was was Naxat, 
and uh, yeah. uh and they're selling off all their stuff right now and you know one of those one of the the game that kind of got me thinking about wow you could really make something good with this is uh it's called Kazekiri um Kazekiri. it's a it's a um like a ninja action game that looks great it's got really good an- animation um you've got tons of moves for the character but you've got nothing to do with them because uh, mm. it's all just horizontally scrolling n- pretty much no obstacles to jump over here's some enemies fight them in this room until you go to the next one but this the the character has this huge move set and it's it's clear that like there was some miscommunication about either what kind of video game was being made or when it was supposed to be finished but right uh, <laughs> and, and and then it was you know I, I I can see the discussion in my head already where it's like, we should cut some of this stuff. Why? It works. It doesn't break anything. Yeah, yeah but it's weird. Yeah. yeah, but who cares? Yeah. Yeah, and so, so they wound up with this, this game that that has a fully featured feeling character who who lives basically all by himself in a world. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh you know you could you could make a real cool video game out of that if you wanted to if you wanted to make a Kazakiri HD remix that wasn't HD SD remix we would call it <laughs> um, that'd be really that that'd be a cool thing um people should do that more the end I feel like the only games I see with real remixes are the simple ones cuz the only other one I can really think of is Tetris Yeah Tetris has got those. Um, yeah, I feel I'm like... sure most puzzle games have uh, remix modes, since that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it feels like nowadays it's more of a more likely that people are going to mash up than remix, like Puyo Puyo versus Tetris or whatever. Have well, you seen about... that NES remix game? Yes, it's a bunch <laughs> of Nintendo games flopped together in some weird. Yeah. Psychotic spiral of stuff. Mario Maker. You you can kind of remix your favorite Mario levels in that. You can make your favorite Mario 3 level in Mario World and add a bunch of weird crap to it. I think that stuff rules. Yeah. Uh, I want to do like a subtle remix. Okay. Why is it that when they say remaster, they usually just mean HD graphics? Yeah. I want to do a remaster, but I guess I have to call it a remix of Out of This World, Another World, where just controls real good. Yeah. And that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I even emailed Eric Chahi and said, can I just have this, uh, can can I have the source code and can I mess with some stuff? And he said, yeah, but it's real hard uh, to mess with it. And then uh, I won't say whether or not he sent it to me. I don't <laughs> want anyone to break into my house. But uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. That's like, why can't we remaster games that way? That's that's why the remix of Pac-Man is so good. Yeah, right. also that NES remix game is 1999 now. It entered their greatest hits uh, which is uh, actually Nintendo Selects uh because if it were the greatest hits, they would keep it at its top price, which is Nintendo's strategy. We we I realize we're actually kind of doing a remix with with Gunhouse because we're we're changing some stuff and then we're going to put it out on new platforms, but I've also considered there was this earlier idea of gunhouse that i want i still want to make and i was just thinking the other day like 
I don't need to make new art for this. Except for a couple of things, I can reuse all the stuff that already is there. Like, we got all these enemies, I don't need different ones. I could have more of them, but I don't need to replace the ones I got to make a new, like a totally different game where the enemies do the same things. Um, yeah. It's one, it's one of those areas where uh, games just ignore the lessons of film, Yeah, I feel like, because... Uh, all them sets on all them movies were used in some other movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, you look at, um, there, there's some obsessives out there that chronicle which sets, uh, which Star Trek sets have been reused and in which ways. And like, oh, that's cool. It's, it's really cool because, you know, there, there'll be this, this, um, this planet and it looks otherworldly and whatever. And then it'll, you know, you, you can look up and see that that was used four other times, but they just shot it differently. And there, you know, they, sometimes there'll be this, this really complicated looking corridor, but all they've built is like an X of a corridor that they can shoot in a bunch of different ways from different angles. So it looks like, you know, it's, it's really quick them running through and whatever, but, um, you know they're they're not on screen for for more than like five seconds because it's just this same one block that they're right acting like goes on forever. That stuff is yeah. uh, I, great. I've seen I've seen let's see I've seen breakdowns of uh, the props used in the Twilight Zone and when they reappear, which mm. was really cool. That's fun. And uh, there's a really fun Tumblr that tracks uh, the reuse of dresses in movies, like really elaborate dresses. Ah. And mm. uh, sometimes there's like a 40-year span between movies, which is really fun because yeah. it's just dresses that hang out in dress departments for centuries, well, not centuries, decades. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I just recently saw this, this, um, this blog from some one of those urban explorer people that just breaks into stuff and takes pictures of it, even though that's, that's pro- uh, probably illegal. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to describe what urban exploring is. Yeah. It's, uh, let's, let's call oh. it what it is.com. Yeah. Uh, Indeed. that should be your, my new website. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they're like, Oh, Hey, all of the sets from Batman returns still exist over here in this area. Here they are, and here they all are. <laughs> They're just like, just all these sets are hanging out. Uh, that's weird. Like there's, there's apparently space for all that stuff to still exist. I want to say one of the, uh, Tatooine sets from the first Star Wars still exists and it's, it's just really gross now. Yeah, that might be so. That rules. Yeah. I want to go there. Man, so it's like the, the whole thing of there's a Batman set that exists. Like, you know how you see people linking something on Facebook? Like, there's a metal band that dresses like Ned Flanders, yeah, right? Yeah, Like, basically, what happens is, I'm sure, all, like, you, Brandon, when you saw that the Batman Returns set still exist, it probably occurred to you that it's possible for somebody, maybe not yourself, to go there and make a movie there. Yeah. Like, and then put it on the internet. Can you imagine the uh, the likes the ha-has, <laughs> the wows. Yeah. Like, but what does it take now in this year? Well, it takes being young and it takes uh, just doing the thing. Yeah. You know? And it occurs to me, like, when you say the sets to Batman Returns all still exist, it occurs to me, it's like, 
yeah, you could go short, shoot a really weird short film there and uh, make huge YouTube dollars on it. And then it's like, yeah, but uh, who cares? I'll just keep sitting here. Uh, yeah. Man, are we... Do you guys want to talk about something off the cuff? Because I have a neat link you can look at, and I think you'll have an opinion about it. Uh, sure. Yeah, although we should keep it quick because uh, we're over yeah, time. Oh, oh this will be quick. Let's this do it be then. Quick. Just take a look. I sent a link to a Google Hangout, which is in a different tab now. Oh, yeah. it's There is no chat. Do you guys see it? I love it. Uh, yes. Do you see it, Brandon? I don't. I see your name. I see your little face bubble there that says... Go go over to like your Gmail or whatever. Yeah, this is fun. Google moves the buttons uh to everything every week because uh uh they're no good. Everybody at home, Google is kind of a I don't know what they're doing over there. I've been to their campus. Brandon's been there. I've been to their campus several times. They've got just mountains of chocolate chip cookies. Uh, <laughs> like they just uh I I don't know what how it's possible to get any work done. I just emailed you the link, Brandon. Yeah, that's that's it. what'll do it. So I feel like dinking around and being like, "What did you do this week?" And then you like rotate over on your your yoga ball and go, "Oh, I uh, I moved a button." Is basically how it goes. So what the story is here, Kotaku.com, uh, there's a uh, the new Doom game is coming out pretty soon, and it rules. And that's the official insert credit show opinion. Uh. It's 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 hard, weird, loud, scary, demonic, bursting, heavy metal action. Okay, and that's pretty cool for me. Uh, and it, they they revealed the box art recently. And do you see the box? Are you are you there, Brandon? You seen it now? No, my email has not. Oh wait, there there it is. Yeah. All right. All right. So they revealed the box art. Have you seen the box art of this Doom, Brandon? Uh, like no, the, I've seen the, it. The new Doom. Oh, okay. So you see, you see the real one. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. I saw that. The real one right there with this Halo-looking guy. Yeah. Uh, it put the internet into a real tizzy. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people were like, this looks like any video game. Kotaku did a fun Photoshop contest where put another game's logo on there. And they've got it with Halo. They've got it with Call of Duty. Uh, it really does look feasible to just have a Call of Duty logo on there. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they responded by doing this thing that Bioshock Infinite did, which is release two uh, opposite side covers for reversibility, mm-hmm. right? So scroll down a bit. Do you see the two covers? Yes. For the inside sleeve slash, you can put it on the outside if you want. Uh, so the wording of this Luke Plunkett at Kotaku Piste, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm naming names. He says, here's the bad option for a reversible inside. Then there's a picture. Now mm-hmm. here's the good one. The mm-hmm. one that should have been the game's front cover in the first place. This is nothing new, of course. Okami was made famous or infamous for offering alternate covers. And then because it had an IGN one. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. so halfway through here, they're like, uh, most video game box art sucks. The new Dooms cover is especially bad. I mean, it's what gamers deserve, let's face it. Uh, it's it's what I deserve because I'm an idiot. This is most the, people don't have boxes. It's, what? it's pretty funny to me because... Uh, you know, I didn't read any of the text because I don't know why. Why would I yes. do that? I'm just I'm, looking I'm at hoping, pictures. I was hoping you didn't. I yeah. didn't look at yeah. read the text, and then I, I, I scrolled down from from the 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 cover that does look very generic to see a really cool black and red one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Like the, the the yeah, Luke's bad option is perfect. That's yeah, it's well, fantastic. Well, get, it's like a uh, Criterion collection. It's, it's, it's fun that you call it Luke's bad option because get this. 
Uh, Bethesda is taking note of game the game's box art being bad, thankfully. Uh, and they are offering fans a vote on a reversible second cover. Vote in quote-unquotes. I say quote-unquote vote because while two options are being presented to fans to choose from, one is so bad <laughs> and the other so good that the winner seems a foregone conclusion. Wow. Indeed, the good option is trouncing the other in voting. Uh, so in other words, I looked at it. Uh, it ain't looking good for the good one. Wow. Uh, the uh, the the one okay. So the one that is winning is a clear throwback to the original Doom art, and that's the only reason that it's winning. Yeah, it's the original Doom art with let's call it what it is. Dot com. Welcome back to video games. Let's call it what it is. Uh, it's it's just it's the original Doom art with less colors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, it's more sophisticated. It's 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 grim and gritty. Uh, you want grim and gritty? This heavy metal looking uh, doom demon skull. Yeah. I mean, it's a skull of a of a doom demon, and then this cool geometrical triangular uh, insignia, like this satanic it's so triangle. Cool. Yeah, that that's yeah. really tells me, cool. Get ready for Satan because he's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I actually feel as though some of that artistry will make its way into the game. I hope so. Uh, uh, based on what I've seen. So, uh, yeah, but the the gamers want their throwback to the original Doom. They want Doom with less colors. Uh, and this time it's going to work. Their childhood would come back. Everything will be okay. Yeah, finally somebody's not going to destroy a childhood. Time. So isn't that weird? Gamers want to play this dark, uh, schlocky, heavy metal demon action game that is a sequel to a game from 1993 right mm-hmm. that was i mean the heart of the 90s right there let's face it uh that's as 90s as you can get is 93 i think it's mortal Kombat. i mean come on like they want this throwback to the era of mortal Kombat. uh they want to forget the last doom game which was pretty good uh and they want to have they want to have their schlocky action back, and I feel like the game is nailing it, but they want the whole package. They will not tolerate a defamiliarization of their schlocky throwback. It can only be desaturated, not defamiliarized. And I don't like it, so let's call it what it is. Gamers, your babies, and that's the straight dope. Luke Plunkett, who to sunk it? Yeah. Should we do it? Let's, let's do a whole podcast in the future that's... uh. 10 Kotaku stories from the week uh, where we just smack them down. <laughs> what do you think? Sure. All right, let's do it. Why God, not? that should just become the new format. Oh, of man. A, a different show. Uh, the straight dope, <laughs> straight dope video games. Uh, or we call it like it is videogames.com. Uh, there uh, we it go. Might be, if we do Kotaku, then it's... Kotaku's cool. Yeah, Kotaku is my favorite. It's fun um, to smack down stuff like this on Kotaku, though. It's yeah. like ribbing your, uh, it's like ribbing a teammate. Ribbing is such a gross word in 2016. It uh, it's, it's like, a, you know, it's just, it's, it's japing. That sounds bad, too. Yeah. I don't want to jape anything. It sounds like a, sounds like a 1900s uh, slang for stabbing a Japanese person. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, what I was going to say is that if it's Kotaku, it's going to all be the, the, uh, Speaking of Japanese, it's all going to be that that Japanese coverage by that Ashcraft guy. Oh, well, we can limit. We we can say just three. 
Okay. There's three Bashcrafts. I love Bashcraft. That guy's hilarious. He's, his wife cuts his hair for him. His hair looks really good. I'm always like, where do you get your hair cut? And he always tells me, as though I haven't asked him before, my wife cuts it. And I go, oh, if you think if I go to Osaka, she'll cut, she'll cut my hair. <laughs> I used to say that all the time when I saw him in Tokyo. Ashcraft, you're my bro. I hope you're listening. You're a cool buddy. And get your uh, free video ball shirt uh, next time I see you. I'll bring you one. The end. And that's a straight dope. Uh, I guess that's the end of our show. Just a oh, sh- shout out to Bashcraft. Shit, why not? <laughs> You've met that guy. That guy's great. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's nice. What, what like what a chill dude. Yeah, it's true. I have he, not met that guy. He's really Wish nice. Could... He's a uh, he's carved out a niche for himself. Uh, I don't like his content. Nah, I don't he's, either. He's he's carved out a niche for himself, and he lives just inside and effusive of such gratitude and uh, security. And uh, contentness and just love for the world. He's just such a decent guy. Yeah, he's it's not amazing. He's 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 hard to rile. He's just there. Yeah, he's just like unfazed. Uh, uh, yeah. There you go. I can I can review all of the Kotaku people on our eventual show. Where we, <laughs> uh, the spoilers. They're all cool. So they're they're yeah. all just great people. So there you go. Whatever. That's. Yeah, the, the Kotaku's have have uh, improved quite a bit since the introduction of Polygon. Yeah, yeah, isn't that, isn't that nice? <laughs> um, all right, well, I'm gonna say this is the end of the show, and uh, you all can can look at us on the Facebook at facebook.com/icpodcast, and you can follow us on Twitter if you understand how to use the internet and know what our names are. And uh, other than that. I guess we'll see y'all later. Goodbye forever. Whoa. Have a good one. Insert credit show. Silver, yeah! And that's the straight dope. Here comes loud keyboard.